Always a pleasure to say good morning to our pundits at 620, and always a pleasure to say good morning to Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator. Good morning, Preet. Good morning, sir. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of finance issues. One of them would be the premiums we're paying to insure our cars. And apparently some people are taking a hit as high as $500 on models that are more prone to being stolen. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the rates go up, you know, 20% on whatever you're paying, you certainly take notice. You know, on one hand, if thefts are on the rise, and I think there are reports that show that vehicle thefts are increasing, then at some point you have to expect that that's going to trickle its way down into the premiums. Uh, and But similar to fuel surcharges with airlines, I wonder if they are quick to go up and slow to fall if the thefts go back down. You've got a few options. You can shop around. There's always going to be some company trying to source new business and they might have better rates to attract new customers. But also look at consolidating because I don't know if everyone knows, but you know there are multi-policy discounts that most insurance carriers offer, which can take 15% off all your policies, might lessen the sting. But what's interesting is that in the U.S., a new report just came out that showed that people are facing higher home insurance premiums as well, and they're just deciding to drop their policies altogether, which is not good. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, not to do an out-and-out -out endorsement, but I will say we just in the past week consolidated everything with our friends at uh, Desjardins and Preet. That arises out of the fact that my previous car insurer basically told me to get stuffed, and I said that on the air. <laughs> and a listener called up and said, well, I you know, I work for Desjardins. I'll insure you. And now, you know, we've taken our whole case there. Okay, so let's keep <laughs> well, going. Good for you. <laughs> um, I was monologuing about this every Everybody knows I hate gambling with a passion hotter than the sun, and Ontario is now banning gambling commercials that feature athletes and celebrities. What say you? I only wish they could implement it sooner because I think it takes effect after the Super Bowl next year. Yep. Uh, but, you know, I'm with you on this. Gambling is addictive. It can destroy lives. And these ads are relentless. It's just nonstop. But while the volume of ads isn't going to change the nature of these ads and what they're allowed to do changes. So the celebrity endorsements that appeal to young would-be first-time gamblers, it's always been cringeworthy to me. And, you know, when I think about myself, when I was 18, I got my first credit card only because there was a booth at the Toronto Indy offering credit cards with a Formula One car uh, on, the, on the cover of the card. And I thought it was cool. I was young. I was dumb. No one taught me how to use credit. And it made a difference that there was a celebrity endorsement. It was Jacques Villeneuve's uh, car. So it has an impact. Um, what do you make of Global Affairs Canada warning uh, queer Canadians about traveling to the U.S.? It's, I mean, I get it. Stuff is happening down there, but I'm not absolutely convinced that that makes it a necessarily dangerous place, perhaps just an unpleasant place. Yeah, and you know, there is questions I have about this, because if there is an official travel advisory, you know, when it comes to travel medical insurance, sometimes a policy will say, hey, you're not covered for certain things if you go to an area where there's a travel advisory in place. And so does that mean if you go to a state where you know, there's not necessarily going to be war or what have you, but if you go there and maybe you are voicing your opinion on certain uh, policies and something happens to you, are you no longer covered? And so by issuing this travel advisory, I would want to double check with your insurance carrier. 
if you are excluded for any coverage for certain activities uh, and if not get that in writing so it, it's interesting that they made that official it reminds me actually of a personal story from about six or seven years ago a few of my friends were going on a motorcycling road trip to, through the states and they asked me if i would be interested in going and I was, and I asked, where's the route? And they said, well, it depends if you come or not, because if you do, we're not going to Mississippi. <laughs> I oh. said, well, that's good, because I'm not going to Mississippi, uh, especially for an overnight stay. And what's ironic is this was actually a gay couple, but they could pass for two traveling platonic friends, but I couldn't pass for white. So I, to a certain extent, I feel like people kind of know where to avoid. This uh, new study I find very concerning. Uh, it's a report published by a charity group called Children First Canada, and they note a rise in the number of kids who are suffering from abuse, mental illness, and poverty. And yeah, I'd, I'd be very interested to hear your perspective on this because activist groups will always come out with a study saying that there are acute problems, but I don't always buy that it's true. Yeah, and it's not only this group, but also, you know, UNICEF and sort of global assessments as to Canada's standing that I found really stood out from this story. So from a, a statistics point of view, the, the fact that Indigenous children make up only 3% of Canadian children, but account for 30% of deaths from unintentional injuries, uh, injuries that's, um, you know, something worth examining. And the infant mortality rate being one of the highest among OECD countries and UNICEF's assessment uh, about where Canada stands in terms of child well-being, I think challenges a lot of people's notions that Canada is one of the best place for child well-being. And all these stats from not only this body, but external bodies have said that's not the case. So, you know, it's interesting that there are multiple sources sort of saying Canada is not doing as well as you might think when it comes to taking care of our kids. I'd be very curious for your perspective on a study in BC where they gave $7,500 to 50 homeless people, $7,500 each, and then they examined how they spent it. Yeah, so what was interesting was the author's intention for studying this was to disabuse people of the notion that if you give money to any random homeless person, then, you know, they're going to spend it on drugs or, or what have you. But the author also says one of the weaknesses of their study was that they didn't give cash transfers to any random homeless person. They excluded those with addictions and mental health issues. So if the goal was to you know, dispel this idea that giving money to homeless people would be unwisely spent, then I think we need more information on the distribution of the homeless population, how many are have addictions or mental health issues, and how many are people who have just fallen on bad times, you know, lost their job, lost their home, and what have you, and just need a small helping hand. Those are qualitatively two different groups. So I would like to see more on this, but I think the takeaway here is that not everyone ends up unhoused for the same reasons. And so I think we need to think about how we deal with things on a more targeted basis. I am always, I have a very low thre threshold for people who like drop a toonie into somebody's cup and say, don't you spend this on booze. It's like, I am on a street corner. I'll spend it on whatever <laughs> I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And finally, I this, this kind of, I, I don't even understand it. A Quebec boy, 12 years old, uh, was actually tried on an assault charge after touching his sister while they were watching a movie. I mean, it raises so many questions, Preet. Who reported it? Who wanted it to go to trial? Why did it go to trial? 
Yeah. And luckily, the judge said, you know, this is basically a waste of everyone's time. Why did you ever even bring this to my court? So I think he quickly uh, came to the right conclusion. And I think when you read the story, it's not till you get to the end that you kind of understand some of the answers to your questions. And that is, it looks like it was the um, girl made this, filed this report with the authorities at the behest of her mother, who is the ex of the boy's father with a different mother. So if anything, the parents should be charged for wasting everyone's time because it sounds like it's more of a case of the parents using their kids as pawns in their broken down relationship, which in and of itself is actually a form of child abuse. So these parents should be charged with something potentially. <laughs> Thanks a lot for this. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, John. Preet Banerjee. You can learn more about Preet and his work at Money Gaps, the website. And yeah, I always remember there is a family court judge who quite frequently would lean over the, the bench and look over his reading glasses and look at a couple who were fighting over everything and say, why are you in my courtroom?